versatility to the field with ability. Athletes are working hard, the progression is stressing. People are testing with a passion. The smell of the grass and the pain and the action, the focus, the passion, the thought of the plaque and the trophy all made out to your name. With some money, some fame, it's a feeling to get when you're playing in the game. With the number on your back and the representative name. Sam J playing way back in the day, it's glory, it's going. This is a story, this is Sports Nation. It's been this way for generations. Pro Sports Extras, where do I get my information? Athletes with their pursuits and endeavors. Sports will entertain the whole world. It'll be this way forever. And for more of that, we going live to Trevor the Expert. What's going on, guys? Happy Tuesday. As always, joining my co-host, AJ. How's it going, man? What's going on, Trev? I'm doing good, man. We have a special episode. Uh, just got a word. Mike Cox, former NFL player, will be joining us here in about 15, 20 minutes. And then after him, we have Double Vodka Don from Barstool Sports. So jam-packed episode again, guys. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Pro Sports Extra. Give us a call in if you want to talk here in the first half hour, 563-999-3674. Um, obviously, we got to talk about these we- this weekend's games. Uh, Monday sucked. We'll talk about that game last, though. Brown-Steelers game, AJ. Did you, did you watch that one? You know what? I, I watched a little bit. I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't have it on my cable network. But I, I found some clips and I was able to watch some live look-ins. Yeah, I, I watched most of the game. But, you know, it's uh, – how do you feel if you're a Browns fan? We should have got Casey on here. You know what? Hey, it didn't lose. It didn't lose, baby. You know what? And that's it. I think that was, like, their best, uh, best start in opening date since, like, 2004, I believe. Yeah, I, I, you know, uh, kind of sucks that that field goal had to get blocked there at the end, but I was hoping Cleveland would have got that first dub. Oh, me too. It's all about that believe one now. I guess we will just jump to it. Monday Night Football, Jets-Lions. You want to go first, man? You want to you wanna talk about this uh, terrible uh, opening game? Yes, because me and you were talking about it on Twitter, and I'm pretty sure I texted you about it because – I was frustrated. I only caught – I was driving back from practice, and I only caught about from the third quarter with eight minutes left on. So, I mean, there was already some controversy in there already, like, down a little bit. But let me tell you, I've never seen some more guys in my – what I've seen quit in a professional football game. These guys just – I don't know if they were, like – I feel like they were sticking it to Matt Patricia, like they just didn't want them there for, like, you know, because they've been working them so hard or what was going on. But these are you are paid professional athletes. Play like it, man. They there was just no urgency. Yeah, it seemed like the fourth quarter, first three quarters, you know, you could see them slowly fading. But the fourth quarter, man, it was like it felt like we were watching the preseason Lions the entire first the entire game, really, besides the first drive and. Uh, when Sam Darnold threw his pick, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. But after that, you know, it seemed like Detroit had nothing in him. Stafford had one drive where uh, he looked great. He looked like Matt Stafford of the past couple of years. But, uh, you know, the only the only good thing about if you look at it, like Stafford's only going to go up for the rest of the year. I, don't, I think this is the worst game he's played in his entire career. You know, four interceptions, Monday night football. Normally, actually – Seems like the Lions have played well in past on Monday Night Football. In the past couple of years, it seems like they've played well on Thanksgiving. Um, and Lions fans, you know, saying stuff about you know getting Jim Caldwell back and stuff. You guys got to relax. It's been one game of the regular season anyway. I still, I, I think, you know, I, I talked to Tavon Wilson, uh, Lions safety. He actually had that pass. Um, I don't know who caught it. But it went right over his hands, and he sure, he could have got the interception, but the guy caught it in the end zone and ended up being a touchdown. I talked to him before the game, you know, and the way he seemed, he's, like, everyone's, like, has Patricia's back, you know. They're finally getting to realize, like, you know, it's kind of like we've always talked about the Patriot way, but obviously week one didn't look that great. But I don't know if you saw, apparently Jets uh, – defenders could read where Stafford was going to go with the ball and what play he was going to pick based on his hand motions. This is another thing that uh, 
happened a few years back when uh what's his name? Lombardi, who was our offensive coordinator, uh that's how he had Staff- Stafford picking his plays basically and like a hurry up offense would be with his hand motions. So I mean, has the Lions not really changed up their offense because Jim Bob Cooter was the quarterback coach with Stafford, you know, and then he goes to be the offensive coordinator when Lombardi gets fired. Do you think the Lions just mm-hmm. kept the same playbook basically? They must have. And and I, I wouldn't even understand, especially going in, even if it was last year's signals and all they looked at was last year's tape, why not even throw in some dummy signals, have some different signals in there just to completely throw them off? Because like you said, they were calling them out. Uh, there was a play where I, I could hear the, like you could hear, I, I heard it on the TV, it said screen, and the guy pointed towards that, towards the area of the field. And sure as shit, it was a screen play, and he threw it right in that area of the field. So. I'll tell you what, watching the Lions the past couple of years, it seems like whenever it's third and more than eight, it's a screen pass, it's a little dump off to the running back. If it, Even if it's third and 15, you got one of, you know, you got Matt Stafford. He obviously didn't look good last night, but he has one of the biggest arms in the league. You know, you got to let him air it out there more. I don't think Jim Bob Cooter is going to last more than this year as the Lions offensive coordinator. I don't think he'll ever be in the NFL after that, really. Maybe as a going back to a quarterback coach or something. But his uh, Detroit Lions offense has looked terrible in the past two years. You know, like, Stafford will have big numbers, but most of it's in the fourth quarter when it's him letting, like, himself loose. You know, it's him throwing the ball deep. Why don't they do that all game? Mm-hmm. I just the Jets defense though, they they looked good, but did they look that great or was it the Lions that looked just that terrible? Truthfully, I think it was just the Lions that were playing terrible. Every aspect of the game that could have went wrong did go wrong yesterday night. It, it just One made it even worse for him. Kenny Galladay, he balled out. He he looked well. Wide receiver, oh. uh, wide receiver. He needed a big year at a. Had a pretty shitty preseason, dropped a few passes. Uh, mm-hmm. And he came out, he had a big game last night. You know, Golden Tate, whenever he got the ball, he seemed like he was doing well. Uh, Marvin Jones was kind of quiet, but I had all three of them in uh, one of my FanDuel leagues. I ended up placing with them. So, I actually had Stafford in my, as my quarterback, too. I don't know how I placed after he threw four interceptions, but... <laughs> Yeah, no. To bring up Galladay again, that's and I actually I, I I don't have him in front of me, but I actually I take notes uh you know, on these games that way it's something to talk about. Um, that's one thing I actually did have written down was Galladay. It was uh third quarter. It was, I believe it was like a third and eight, third and twelve, somewhere somewhere you know between those, and uh, pass right down the middle, and obviously they're down by a lot, and the dude still jumps up high to get the ball, knowing that he could easily get dummied. Like, that's just the – to me, he might have bought, been the one guy that stands out that said, hey, I'm still playing the entire game no matter what the score is or no matter what the other guys are doing. For sure, man. He finished with seven catches, 114 yards, uh, no touchdowns. But definitely when he caught that pass over the middle, man, that was, that was definitely a grab where you're like, all right, this guy is stepping up from last year. You know, last year he might not even have went up to try and grab the ball. But – he needs a big year. Uh, you know, it sucks when you have Galladay, Tate, Marvin Jones, and, you know, you're looking here, Galladay caught seven passes, Tate caught seven, Jones caught four. You know, they need to be getting the ball more. They, maybe, you know, Stafford had uh, some terrible throws, but it didn't seem like the wide receivers were really getting open either. Mm-hmm. I have a question. And then, you, Trev, how was how was the run game? The run game was there a run game? That's the real question. You know, thirty nine yards total for their for the Lions running backs. That's including Matthew Stafford's one yard or one carry for six yards. Carry on Johnson. You know he didn't look he didn't look too bad when he had the ball. Theo Riddick didn't look terrible. Laguerrette Blunt. Wow. He was four carries, negative three yards. His longest run was a three-yard run. 
the offensive line wasn't holding up. You know, they were getting to Stafford every year. You know, so you can't even – you look at it, like, both ways. It's like, okay, well, Theo Riddick got four carries, 20 yards, <clears throat> five-yard average. Longest run was six yards. on Johnson, five carries, 17 yards. Longest run was nine yards. These guys obviously have – this offensive line isn't working. Mm-hmm. But the run – like, you have these all these running backs right now. Amir Abdullah – he didn't play. Uh, he was a healthy scratch. Who else? Who else was? Uh, Ashawn Robinson, I believe. He was a healthy scratch. Um, so yeah, I don't I know if there's maybe that there's a trade coming. Yeah, maybe there's a trade coming with those guys. Hopefully, because something has to happen. They need to make. And you look at it. Yeah, you look no... at the roster. It's like, what do what do they need? You know, there's. Yeah, you should. You look at it. You're like they have a young offensive line. Uh, but a couple of the young guys might just end up being terrible. Cause they, the last couple of years, they've looked terrible. Caught my eye that you said on the list of healthy and active uh, was uh, Robinson. You know, you have a guy that's a healthy and active that was a second-round pick, and he's on the healthy list? Come on. What, 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 you, you, you could deactivate someone that you knew was not going to play a single down bring him in. I actually did see a stat. If you look at the Lions' past second-round draft picks, like, they're either not with the team, not on a roster, or else it's Ashawn Robinson who's just not playing. Besides this past year, obviously, when you have uh, um, a running back, on Johnson. Yeah, I think these guys need to take a good look in the mirror as well as there needs to be a – Something from the front office, either coming from Martha, anyone, you know, in operations. I think that they think they need to have a chat. I, I mean, I, I might be blowing the gun on game one, but you know, it just. I, I was so optimistic on preseason. I was like, all right, bet. You know, they're just showing nothing. You know, Stafford's just taking the, the you know minimal reps. He's got a good do, and they're just going to escape through it, and they're going to come out guns blazing. And it just. It, I don't know what to, I don't even know what to say. Like it was, it was, it was bad in my eyes. I saw. Yeah, another thing that was bad was listening to the game on ESPN, having to listen to uh, Beth Mowens. Wow, was she terrible? I was actually, I actually wrote a quick blog last night about it, and actually blew up. It has over five thousand views. I don't know how it did it. Like I posted it on Reddit, and Reddit, like the New York Jets Reddit, just like blew it up. So go check that out on Pro Sports Extra. Just basically bashing Beth and how terrible of announcing it was. And then you go to the next game on Monday night, and you have uh, Jason Witten, who – you know who Michael Rapport is, right? Yeah. He sounded just like him. Like, you could have put either one of them in there, and they would have sounded the same. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 was, I didn't stay up that long to watch it. I I went to bed even before the Lions game ended. I I didn't I I couldn't I couldn't handle any more football at that point. The Lions just ruined it for me. Right. So I was the complete opposite, man. I I had to, I stayed up all night bugging me. But I'm looking now, and I'm thinking I I did a the podcast uh, Thursday that ended up getting deleted um, because someone didn't end up calling in. But that's all good. Um, and on that podcast, when Jared called in, I mentioned that uh, Matt Ryan, his first NFL game was against the Detroit Lions. And as I'm going here and looking at the stats, Sam Darnold finished with 116 uh, quarterback percentage rating. And Matt Ryan, in his opener, finished with 137. So obviously, the Lions do not have a good uh, record as opening up the quarterback in the rookie year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, I, did, I did see that stat. Uh, another stat I saw oh, as well, yeah. Trev, was that uh, all the new – in the week one, all the new head coaches went 0 for 7. I don't know if you saw that stat at all. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, Gruden, there, he was up for a bit, but the Raiders – that was a fun game to watch when it was when it was a close game. 
it was really intense. It, like every game, you know, at the Black Hole in Oakland, suck to see that they go that they're moving to Vegas when you see an opener like that. John Gruden fired up, crowd fired up, and now they're moving to Vegas. Um, who knows, Raider Nation? Will you follow the Raiders as they move to Vegas or not? Let us know. Call us in five six three nine 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 three six seven four. In a few minutes. We're going to be joined by a former Michigan running back. He transferred to UMIS after he graduated. We'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute. Um, he ended up playing for the Giants for a little bit. Uh, we have one more game we're going to talk about before we get over to our first guest, Michael Cox. The Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers game. Did, did you watch any of that game? No, I was only able to – well, I, I watched a little bit at the end. I was only able to see the highlights, though, for the first half as well. Here's what I'll say. Rodgers, obviously, great second half. First half, all Chicago Bears. That Bears defense, wow, Khalil Mack was in there every play. What an awesome pickup for the Bears there. Um, Oakland, I can't believe you gave up Khalil Mack for basically nothing when you think about it. Now I'm going back on it. Wish the Lions would have made the trade. Um but Rodgers coming back, gets hurt in the first half. You know, it seems like it happens every time I ever see Aaron Rodgers in the spotlight. Gets hurt, comes back in the second half. There's something special in Green Bay, he said afterwards. Um, maybe it's true, but there wasn't anything special in Ford Field, I'll tell you that much, on Monday night. No, yeah, no, there must have been something extra in the water there in Green Bay for uh... – what kind of comeback they pull in the fourth quarter, scoring 21 points? Yeah, it was uh, it was it was terrible for us Lions fans. The way I looked at the Packers Bears fans or Packers Packers Bears game as a Lions fan, I was like, either way, it's kind of a win-win. One of the teams gets a loss, but I was hoping I was hoping obviously that we were going to beat the Jets and then we were going to go play the 49ers, beat the 49ers, and then third game, play the Patriots. But looking at that now, we might start off 0-3. Now, if we start 0-3, you think uh, Jim Bob's going to get that? I, I, I think if anyone's on the hot seat, I think it's going to be Jim Bob Cooter because he's – there's no one else they can fire because they brought in Bob Quinn a couple of years ago. They're not going to fire their head coach in the first three or four games. I, I feel like Jim Bob is on the hot seat now. Kind of, you got to hope that the boys go out there and execute on the all offensive plays. Well, I I kind of personally thought he was on the hot seat last year with uh, Caldwell as the head coach, and then Patricia comes in, you know, and Stafford's like, you know, I kind of like Jim Bob Cooter. I like the way it's going. So Patricia ends up keeping Stafford. Or, uh, Patricia ends up keeping. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter as the offensive coordinator. Obviously, every other coach changed because when you bring in a new head coach, the coaches around normally change. Brought in a new defensive coordinator, which basically Patricia runs the defense anyway. But if there's one person, like you said, that's on the hot seat, it's definitely Jim Bob Cooter. Uh, you know, when you have a gunslinger, Matt Stafford, he comes out opening game and looks like this. Obviously, something needs to be fixed. But, AJ, what we've been waiting for, we have our first guest. We have Mr. Mike Cox. You there? Yeah, I'm right here. How's it going, man? You hear me? It's going good. Yeah, got you black and clear. What's going on? Not much. Well, man, I appreciate you calling in. Um, I guess I'll go first, you know. Let's talk about your high school years. Um. Was there any other sports you played besides football? Yeah, I mean, I played pretty much every sport growing up. Yeah, pretty much all of them, yeah. I believe I, I was reading up in track. Uh, you were pretty much a, a big track star, correct? Yeah, um, I did it for a couple years. But, yeah, I was pretty good in track uh, when New England was in the, in the 100. And four by one, actually – you actually, on your track team, it must have been your football team also, you were uh, a teammate with a Chicago Bears player. I can't think of his name right now, but that's correct, right? Yeah, yep, yeah, Kasim Green. Yeah. 
So how was how was that? You know, being able to go through high school with another beast, uh, like right by you. You know, it was good. Um, the school I went to, I mean, we had a lot of good players, but yeah, especially him. Um, I wish my senior year I ended up getting hurt, so I wish I got to play that year. But um, no, it was definitely fun just getting to play football with him and the other guys and doing track and everything else. Yeah, you ended up uh, college. You ended up uh, attending the University of Michigan. Can you tell me what like mm-hmm. what went into that decision? Was there any other offers on the table? Um, and are you really right now looking back on your career? Are you glad you chose the University of Michigan? Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely had a lot of different offers to go to different schools. Um, I ended up picking Michigan just because they were at the time. I think they were ranked like number two in the country. Um, you know, great football program, great at all their sports, and um, really good academic school, too. And I'm from Boston, so that was the closest big-time football school, or, like, really kind of, you know, competing for a national championship type school near me. Uh, I looked at Boston College. I almost went there, too, being closer, and Penn State was another one. Um, there's a whole bunch of schools, but uh, I ended up going with Michigan. I went on the official visit there, and I just I loved it. I loved the atmosphere, and it was a college town, and it was all about Michigan football. So after I visited, then I decided to commit. I think it was my junior year when I committed to him. Yeah, uh, what was it like playing that first game in the big house? Uh, I'm trying to think. What was the first game? Um, yeah, I mean, every game was amazing. Uh, even just going to visit it for the first time. Um, I remember just like in high school, even going for my official visit, I think we were, it was like Michigan versus Oregon, I think it was. Um, and it was like amazing just, you know, going into a stadium, holding over 100,000 people and you know, just I was just really excited about it all. Right after you, uh, after you of your uh, U of M days, you ended up uh, transferring to UMass. I believe it was after your senior season. Uh, you ended up having one more year of eligibility after you graduated. Um, mm-hmm. Can you just talk about that? You know, what went into that decision mm-hmm. to transfer to UMass? And obviously, you know, just looking at your stats, man, you tore it up at UMass. Can you just talk about your time there? Yeah, um, yeah. pretty much I decided to transfer because I, I had a weird kind of career at Michigan. Um, the last year I was there, I didn't really get to play that much, and I wanted to go to the NFL, and I didn't have enough, you know, game film. I needed more game film. So I decided to transfer to UMass, where, you know, a school I know I would play, get a lot of playing time instead of, you know, staying another year at Michigan. And so, and then also they actually had Michigan on the schedule too. So I thought that was pretty cool. And um, yeah, so I ended up going there back home or kind of close to home. So yeah, that's how I decided on it. Yeah. You know, you mentioned uh, that they had Michigan on the schedule. Can you talk about that game? Uh, you had a pretty good game. I believe 81 yards rushing against Michigan. Uh can you just talk about that game going back against uh, the team you played for the year before? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely fun. Um, just going back and then just seeing all the old guys, you know, I was playing with. And I know it's kind of funny, like, just going back and playing them, you know, you would think you, people might, like, like boo you or something like that. But, I mean, everybody kind of showed love. Um, all the fans were, you know, happy to see me back. And, you know, obviously they were rooting for Michigan to win, but, you know, they were rooting for me, too, to do good. Um but, yeah, that was definitely really fun doing that. For sure. Hey, what's going on, Mike? AJ. AJ. Sorry, what you say? Oh, what's up, uh, Mike? It's AJ, uh, co-host here. Um, I have a couple yeah. questions for you as well. Sure. Um, so, I'll, we, you know, you guys just got done talking about the college career. I'll, I'll switch you over to a little bit of a professional one. Uh, you got hmm. picked uh, with the 253rd pick seventh round of 2013 draft. Can you kind of go through that day that when you found out that you were drafting and kind of how you felt? Yeah. Um, well, I remember I was with my whole family. We were just at my house, uh, you know, just watching the draft and stuff. Um, I think I was, like, going back and forth, just watching TV and other stuff. As you know, like, the draft process is kind of long. It's like an all-day type thing. So um, I was just getting phone calls, you know, here and there, just from different teams and my agent and whatnot. 
So we were all just kind of hanging out. And then uh, actually I didn't think the Giants were going to draft me because um, a lot of other teams had interest in me. Um, and I actually mm-hmm. only heard from the Giants one time. They invited me out. To, uh, they flew me out for a visit, and that was the only contact I ever had with them. Um, so I really thought all the team, they'd be like one of the last teams kind of to, you know, draft me. And then um, I remember it was like right, pretty much right before I got drafted on TV, they called me up, and uh, I think it was Tom Coughlin on the phone. He was like, you know, you want to be a Giant? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, we're about to draft you in a couple of seconds here. And then um, a couple of seconds later, you know, it just popped up on the screen, and then my whole family was going crazy. And Yeah, I mean, I was just excited, you know, that my dream, you know, being a pro athlete, being a pro football player, it was finally going to come true. Mm-hmm. Now, going into that, uh, you know, training camp uh, at the time, especially going into that season, um, I mean, it always doesn't mean the way people look at it, but, you know, there's always the, the signs of it. Now, being the seventh round, did you go into that the training camp, the chip on your shoulder being like, all right, I got something to prove, saying, hey, this this is my time right now? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, but I'm kind of used to it. I feel like my whole career has kind of been like that, you know, just being a kid from Boston and, you know, just thinking people from the East Coast can't even play football, you know, and then playing. And I started football, you know, really late in my career. I didn't start playing until my junior year of high school. And so, you know, from not playing football to playing and then being really good immediately, the people are like, oh, you know, well, you're not good enough to play college. Then I only playing college, going to Michigan and then the UMass. And then go in there and be like, oh, you've never played pro. And then, you know, to go pro. So, I mean, I've always had, you know, just that mindset of just I'm going to, you know, do my best and make it to where I want to be. Um, yeah, I was just there in there every day just trying my hardest and doing the best I could do. Mm-hmm. Now, you made your first professional start on Monday Night Football. Um, I have it right in front of me, October 21st. Can you kind of go mm-hmm. – through that, like that, that, like your first start. Yeah, um, you know, it was pretty cool. Uh, I remember like a couple other guys were injured, and then um, I was up. You know, I was started, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was like pretty cool. It was a Monday night, you know, national TV game. Um, my rookie year. Uh, so yeah, it was a pretty big deal for me and you know, my whole family, everybody. You know, all the fans, everybody watching. So, yeah, I was just excited pretty much to go. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you say would probably be your most memorable or favorite uh, moment while playing in the NFL? Um, well, starting that was definitely one of them. Um, which was, uh, pretty cool, you know, getting to start as a rookie, you know, in the NFL and on a Monday night game. So that was cool. And then we were playing uh, – they had a Viking, I think I had Adrian Peterson. Um, and I, I didn't get that many yards that game, but I remember I had more yards than him. And then he came up to me after the game and, you know, like shook my hand. I was just like, you know, you did, you did good out there and everything. You know, and that was pretty cool just because he's, you know, one of the running backs out there, you know, just like a, a legend. And I've, I've always watched him play. So just to get, you know, props mm-hmm. from him and everything was, was pretty cool. And then, um, Probably also another game uh, we played the Lions. Oh, what year was that? Um, I think it was my first year too. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, I went to Michigan, so you know I had a ton of Michigan fans at that game. Um, and I had uh, pretty much, I think it was like towards the end of the game, I like overtime, I had returned this like fifty, sixty yard uh, kick, and then we ended up winning the game because of it. And so that was that was pretty cool. I'd say probably. One of those moments. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I have one last question. Now, we, I, like I mentioned, you started on Monday Night Football, um, and the Lions uh, kicked off Monday Night Football yesterday. Did you watch any of the game by chance? Oh no, I didn't. Get, I didn't catch it. No. No. Okay. Well, yeah, it was probably for the best then. It was. It was terrible. <laughs> it, was, it, it was funny. It was funny to mention just because of uh, you had your first professional start on a Monday Night Football, and. Uh, yeah. Rookie, rookie quarterback Sam Darnold actually started for the the Jets as well. So, oh, okay. But right. that's that's all the questions I have for you. So, cool. all right, I got cool. I got one more myself, man. Um, who helped you the most? Would you say 
throughout your entire career, rather it's from high school, the the pros, or just the pros, who helped you the most? Uh, you mean like anybody, mean like a coach or player, or just mean like yeah, a coach, player, someone just uh, even maybe a family member, whoever. Uh, maybe you go back on and say just you know they were there the most throughout your career. Uh, I mean, my family was always really supportive, uh, especially, you know, my daddy, he used to play football too. So he would always help me with everything I needed. Um, but I mean, like, honestly, a lot of it was just, I don't know. I just always just like grinded and did my best and just put in all the extra work. Um, cause a lot of people always, you know, doubted me and, you know, I, don't know, I, I always believed in myself. I felt like the most out of anybody. And so I felt like I probably helped myself the most in any situation. Um, but I say, and I think maybe for like coach, probably uh, the first running back coach I had for the Giants, uh, Gerald Ingram, he uh, he helped me a lot. He taught me a lot of the X's and O's and different things that I might not have known before. Um, so he helped me a lot with that aspect of just like learning learning the game and defenses and different things like that. Yeah, so uh one more actually thinking about it. Your obviously your career was ended short due to an injury. Um can you just kinda mm-hmm. talk about what you've been doing after football and where our fans can find you at on social media? Yeah, um well my Instagram is uh Coxm twenty nine, C O X M two nine. Um, so that's probably what I'm most active on. I don't really use much else, but, um, I'm actually supposed to get a surgery in the next week or two. I've been wanting to come back, um, and play, but actually it's kind of a crazy story, but, um, pretty much I had got hurt or whatever. And then I ended up getting the surgery and I was doing rehab and everything and come to find out, you know, like four or five months later, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't back to health yet. I was supposed to be, but I got cleared to play by the doctor. And uh, my trainer saw me limping into work one day, and he was, you know, like, why why are you limping? And I just said, I don't know, my, you know, my ankle just hurts in the morning time. He's like, okay, it doesn't, it doesn't seem right, you know. You got cleared to play. You should be good. So I go, ended up getting a second opinion, and uh, come to find out, you know, I pretty much have, like, this hole in my ankle, and I got to get it fixed. So apparently I guess the doctor didn't fix my ankle all the way. Um, so I've pretty much, I've had three surgeries since then to fix my ankle. I got another one coming up. So yeah, that's pretty much why, why I've been out. But, um, I've been doing, you know, different stuff. I've been doing like rehab and got like a little bit into real estate and different things, but so now that you mentioned it about someone maybe coming back, would you ever take in, like, after, you know, your surgeries and whatnot, would you ever decide on maybe going to the CFL or a different league if that's, like, an option available? Um, I mean, if I'm healthy enough to, to play, uh, I feel like, you know, I, I would be able to play in the NFL. Um, surprisingly, still every once in a while I get, like, calls from teams. I don't even, you know, it's been a while now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like if I'm healthy enough, I would, you know, definitely try to go to the NFL. But, if not, and then um, I don't know. I, I never really thought about it before, but uh, I guess I would. I love football. So. Right. Yeah. Well, bro, it was uh awesome having you on, man. I appreciate it a bunch. Definitely look forward to having you on, man. And if you do decide to, you know, take the route of going back in the NFL after you're healthy, man, we'd definitely love to have you on again. Awesome, no doubt. All right, man. I appreciate it a bunch. Thank you. No problem. All right, guys. First guest of the night, Mike Cox, former NFL player. Uh, I thought it went pretty smooth, AJ. Uh, awesome guest. Be sure to go check him out on Instagram. Just look up Mike Cox. You'll find him. Uh, he's the only verified one. There's a couple fake pages, but he has, like, 13,000 followers or something. So go hit the follow button. Uh, like you said, he doesn't have Twitter or anything. So, But our next guest. We'll be calling in here shortly. That's uh, Big Ev, Double Vodka Don from Barstool Sports. Uh, honestly, the questions I have down for him are only like a couple. Uh, so we'll just BS with him for a bit and see how it goes. One topic I do want to talk about, though, uh, 
Carson Wentz is more than likely going to be cleared for contact on Friday. What do you think the chances are that the Eagles, you know, say, Nick Foles, you're done. Here's uh, Carson Wentz's back. Who are they playing week two? Uh, do you have that up? I, I'm I'm trying to look it up right now. Uh, let's see. Eagles, 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 Eagles. Buck. They first Tampa the Bay? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I still feel like Nick Foles is still good enough to play against the Bucks and kind of tear him up a little bit. I know Fitzpatrick kind of went off, and I know they were battling back and forth against the Saints. Um, but you know what? If, if Wentz isn't a, completely 110%, there's nothing wrong with Foles right now with the way he's running the offense. So I, I, I'd i say unless he's 110%, knows no matter what, he's going to be fine if he could take some hits, you know, get out of the pocket, scramble, take a hit for there. Um then I'd, I'd play him. If he says 110% and can do all that, I'd play him then. Yeah, I agree with you there, man. Do you have the games pulled up for, for this coming week? I do. Okay. Do you want to go through a couple of the games, then? We'll just uh, give our picks, maybe. I know we have our show on Thursday, which uh, we'll probably give our picks then um, also. But maybe just go through a couple games uh, till. Big Ab calls in. Gotcha. Actually, and right before we do that, I'll mention, uh, you know, we have uh, we had a PSE uh, along with some fans, the PSE uh, Fantasy Football League. I just want to make note that uh, I am currently in first place, even though it's only the one one week. If you go by point, points for, I am in first place. Uh, so it's kind of no big deal there. Uh, and Ron was talking all that smack and he's in 10th place out of 12. So just a little shot at Ron there. Get gooder, Ron. Uh, but, yeah, so <laughs> one one of the matches I'm looking <laughs> – I'm really looking forward to um, is Patriots-Jaguars. Patriots-Jags. Hey, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule right now, too. Um, yeah, man, I think that this game is going to be a good one. Uh, obviously, Jacksonville's at home. They look, they're a tough team. Who do you have winning this one? You know, I, I, I think uh, Ramsey's going to give the Patriots offense a little little shake-up just because they don't really have uh, a dominant wide receiver as of right now. But um, I'm still going it, to – it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady's going to do Tom Brady things out there. But I got I got the Patriots by uh, about ten to fourteen points. Ten to fourteen, yeah. Um, I got the Patriots by seven. I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to come down kind of to the end. It's going to be a fourth quarter. Jacksonville has the ball. Uh, Patriots defense somehow comes up big, makes a stop. Um, yeah, I got Patriots by seven in that one. One game I did want to touch on the Packers Redskins game. Washington at home there. Uh Redskin or Packers look good in the second half. What do you think about that game? You know, do you have any chance the Redskins, you know, can give us Lions fans a little help? Which game? The Packers, uh Redskins. For week two? Is that I think is that week two or week three? Who do the Packers have this week? Vikings. Vikings, yeah, they have okay. They have the Vikings and the Redskins. What am I thinking? There we go. Yeah, I Yo, think that that uh, match yeah. is another another good one for us. Yeah, it's we keep going, especially last week. Uh, we talked about the division games. It's nice that uh, especially if uh, Vikings can give the Packers a little bit more hell um, and possibly give the Packers an L. You know, one of those teams is going to have to walk out with an L. So it's going to be nice in the division. Uh, you know, one of these teams are going to have a loss. Uh, hopefully the Lions can find it at the 49ers. So we'll t- well, I, I don't want to get into the predictions for Lions 49ers, but going back to the Packers-Vikings, I think, uh, you know, it, I want the Packers to lose. Um, but I'm going to take the safe bet, Packers. Uh, kind of what you said last time, by around seven points, it's going to be whoever has the ball last. Uh, is going to get that final score, and then the team's going to have the ball and not going to be able to make that last score to tie it up. 
Yeah, so looking at it, Rodgers apparently there's still a chance he might not play. He said right after the game uh, Sunday night that he's playing this week, so I don't think there's any question that he's playing. Um, I'm kind of right there with you. Um, Where's the game at? Is that in Green Bay or is that in Minnesota? That's in Green Uh, Bay. I believe it's in Green Bay. It's a completely different game when it's in Green Bay, so – I think I think I got the Packers, you know, just like you said, by seven. It's going to be another good uh, NFC North matchup, but it's going to suck to see the Packers start off 2-0 and for sure. Mm-hmm. But it would make sense because I was reading up before the season, you know, that the Packers are, like, really high in a lot of people's power rankings and that there's a chance that they might actually, you know, make a run this year. And, you know, that second half, they looked great, but the first half was – was terrible, but you know when Rogers has enough time to get the ball away, you know he's one if not the best quarterback in the NFL. Oh, definitely. You give him time and space, which that line does great for him. He's going to make big plays all day long, for sure. So I got the Packers in that one by seven, but we're going to switch gears here a little bit. We're actually going to go to our second guest of the night. And then after that, we're going to wrap the show up after that. So we're going here live with our first guest, Big Ev from Bar School Sports. How's it going, bro? What's going on, my guys? How are we doing? What's up? All right, so first off, let's just get this started. You know, recently you went from an intern to an basically full-time employee at Barstool. Can you just kind of talk us through, you know, what it means to go from – uh, an intern, like most people there probably don't make it from intern to an employee. Can you just kind of talk about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely was a uh, it's a long, hard summer. I mean, putting in a ton of hours, just grinding away, you know, doing so many different, especially as an intern, you're doing kind of so many different types of things where it could be, with someone like me, anything from being, doing on-camera stuff from even just little stuff, just helping carry stuff, whatever it takes. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's been awesome making that uh, that transition that started full-time like a week or two ago. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely been a uh, it's been a blessing. Just a long time coming, a lot of hard work. It feels great to be full-time, man. It felt great to sign that contract. For sure. Can you kind of talk us through, uh, for the people who don't know you, what your role is at Barstool? Um, that's a great question, man. I honestly do so many different things <laughs> right now. Um, so, I do – do a lot of social media doing um i'm a part of the uh the college our new uh barstool college football show just started last week so catch me on that every saturday uh on there um helping out with our new one bite app that just came out download that one app um do a lot of radio stuff like a lot of uh helping out producing radio hosting radio like i'm hosting uh, the 10 to 12 show tonight so doing a lot of that stuff um yeah, just doing a ton of different stuff, man. Doing some video work, some on-camera stuff. So, a ton of different stuff got going on. Well, where can everybody find you at on social media? Uh, at Double Vodka Don and uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Find me both there. Find you all my videos and content and stuff like that. For sure, AJ. You got a couple questions, bro? Yeah. What's going on, man? How we doing? So, uh, wait, so you, you said you cover uh, college football, right? So, like, what, what what's your team, would you say? I mean, I went to Ohio State, so I'm a diehard Buckeyes fan. All right, perfect. Because I, I, I'm from Michigan. Uh, you know, like, I'm probably about, like, 20 minutes outside of Ann Arbor. I switched over to Ohio State after they lost to Appalachian State. I just couldn't take that L. I felt like it was just there too depressing go. on the resume. So, I've been a fan ever since. Uh, looking into this week, how do you feel Ohio State going against TCU um, with uh, Ryan Day still as the interim head coach since uh, Urban's last game will be this one sitting out? I feel great. I mean, see, with this team, I just think the sky's the limit with this team. With Dwayne Haskins at quarterback, chucking the rock all over the place. There was one of the prettiest balls in college football, huge arm. All the receivers back from last year, mm-hmm. Dobbins, Weber in the backfield. I mean, We've got it all on offense. I mean, probably the best defensive line in college football, too. May have three first-round picks in that line. Bosa, Draymond Jones, Chase Young. I mean, 
the team's as strong as ever. The sky's the limit for this unit, no doubt. Yeah, I, I felt like it was just going to be a really good matchup, too, to see kind of how they play since, I mean, you know, Ir- Irvin Meyer's going to have a say, and, you know, he's, he'll probably talk with Ryan Day a little bit, you know, on the side or whatever, um, but I, I feel like when it comes down to it, we're going to see what kind of what kind of skill these guys have with Urban Meyer not on the sideline playing a, a ranked team. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be so. I mean, we played a couple of cupcakes our first two games. I mean, probably two of the worst Power 5 teams. I mean, Rutgers and Oregon State. But I'm this is a huge one. I mean, going to Texas, too, obviously, probably blessing for us. Well, I'm not, I'm not a blessing. I think we beat them regardless. But definitely good we're playing them at Jerry World and not at TCU. But, I mean, I think we cover. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say this is a team that's going to cover spreads with how good the offense is. I mean, I know we opened up at, like, 12, 12 and a half. But, I mean, I think it's going to go well. They have a great quarterback. Sean Robinson's a good player. But um, I think we're going to be all right, though. I think we're going to go in there, hold our own, and give it to them. Yeah, and, I mean, you're especially a quarterback. I, I touch Ohio State's, like you said, Haskins. Um, I even saw Martell play a little bit of the game. I even thought that he was decent in the game. Last week. Oh, he looked great. He is just he's just seeing the way he's played, even just a little bit. Even in the in the uh, in the spring game, his uh, trans, transformation, even just from the spring game to seeing him on Saturday. I mean, he played great. I mean, he threw that that I know it's Rutgers, but I mean, he threw that long touchdown on uh on the third and long. I mean, that was with all the starters in. So I mean, that was great to see. Great to see him making that progress as a passer because I mean, he looked rough in the spring game throwing the ball, but I mean, in that he had that incredible run it toward in like the third or fourth quarter the amazing run that uh that really got people's eyes open but I mean nah, he looks like a great player going forward yeah I guess uh, I, I just felt like there's I'll, I'll still be able to have a lot of confidence uh ever say you know knock on what doesn't happen that Haskins goes down but uh, so that's nice to see no so doubt you look great Go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'll turn it back over to Trev. Switch it over to NFL. Uh, do you have anything else to add on that, Big Ev? Uh, no, nah, you can go ahead go on NFL. I was just going to see, Matt, who's who's your team? Uh, and right now, you know, after week one, what are your thoughts? You know, we just – we kind of covered our thoughts in the first half of the podcast. We talked about, you know, the Lions' terrible game on Monday Night Football. AJ and I are both big Lions fans, and that was uh, terrible. Obviously, you're in the office in New York. You have all your Jets fans. You have KFC and them. Can you just kind of talk us through uh, week one and what your thoughts are? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, first, I'm a diehard Giants. I'm from New York. I'm a diehard Giants fan. So, I mean, not the best uh, first week for us. Not, not, no, there's no moral victories in football. I mean, it was a tough game against the Jags. I mean, they're obviously a powerhouse. Barkley looked great. So, I mean, that was great to see. But, I mean, didn't have too much doubts about that. I think he's going to be special for a long, long time. But, I mean, obviously it was crazy. I mean, watching that game last night, you know, I've always been a guy, like, I'm, I'm obviously a Giants fan, never been a Jets hater, always been, like, supportive of them, even, like, when they were good back when they had the first couple of years with Sanchez and everything. But, I mean, good for them to see, and, like, Donald looked great last night, and really nice to see him throwing that pick six the first game, our first uh, throw. And then just coming in that next throw, just throwing a dart into a Nunwa and just chucking the ball over the field. I mean, I think that I think the Jets really do have something uh got something to build around. Donald looks like the real deal. But I mean, the NFL is just crazy, man. The the first week is so tough to look at games and everything. Because I think the NFL is the most like you can see the biggest differences from the end of one year to the next year without even much uh turnover in rosters and everything. I think you can just see like football teams can just be so different and the NFL from one year to the next. So, I mean, the first year, I mean, the first week is really such a big feel-out week for kind of how the uh, the teams are going to be and how they're going to go the rest of the season. But, I mean, obviously the Saints defense looking horrendous and Fitzmagic looking crazy. What? Being breeze at his own game. And in New Orleans, that was wild to see. But, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how, how all that goes going forward. I mean, a lot of turnover. I could definitely see a, a year where a lot of teams that didn't make the playoffs last year make it this year for sure. Yeah. Did you watch the uh, Packers-Bears game? I did. I did. What a, uh, what through, a you know, I mean, what, you were what, thinking what a, when, when Rodgers is down. Oh, I mean, 
any, I mean, I don't think there's, I think it's, you can't even argue it anymore. I don't think there's any guy, maybe even like ever, that's been so important to his football team as Rodgers is to, to the Packers. I mean, when he comes out of the game, they are just like, they can't do anything. Nothing. They're getting, they're turning the ball over. They're, they can't, literally can't do anything. And the second he comes back in, he can just bring them back to life. I mean, he is so special. The arm talent is just incredible. He Just how mobile he is and just the way he can just flick the wrist, throw the ball 70 yards down the field, it's amazing. I mean, no one is more valuable to the football team than he is. I think that's not even a question at this point. That was unbelievable to watch. I mean, just the performance that Khalil Mack put on the first half was one of the best first halves out of a defensive guy you might ever see. But, I mean, that's Rodgers for you, though. <laughs> for sure. If you were looking at it just after week one, who do you who would you say, you know, is going all the way? Wow. <laughs> That's tough. I mean obviously you always gotta look at like the it's I mean, the Patriots are always that's a given that they're always gonna be in there. I mean it's like right. it's a shame to say, because, I mean I'm not not the biggest pass guy, but I mean it's Portnoy and these guys that they say it's so true that yeah. it seems like their season doesn't, doesn't start to that doesn't start to the AFC championship game, man. Like they're just always locked in there. But I mean, I, I could easily right. see um, them and the Jags going at it again. I mean, I, Mahomes looked great with the chiefs. I mean, their offense could be amazing. If keep seeing what we've been seeing out of Mahomes and all those weapons and Tyree kill and all those guys. I mean, obviously the Eagles are going to be a force again. The Vikings are definitely a team to beat this year. I think cousins is going to be a much bigger upgrade at quarterback from uh, Keenum that I think a lot of people are giving credit for. Their defense is special. I mean, they're definitely going to be a team that's right there again, no doubt. For sure. Once again, man, where can everybody find you at on social media? Double Vodka Don at Double Vodka Don on Twitter and Instagram. Holla at your boy. We'll be putting out uh, some videos uh, this week. We host some high haters tonight. Uh, XM Radio, Barcelona 85. Tune in. Perfect. Thank you a bunch. Big F, Double Vodka Don. Appreciate it. Thanks, no man. doubt, man. Have a good one, boys. You too. All right, guys. That's Big F, Double Vodka Don from Barstool Sports. Appreciate having him on. Awesome guest. Be sure to give us a call in next show, guys. 563-999-3674. We're live every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, AJ, you got anything else you want to throw in here to end the show? Just make sure you're, you guys are following along. Any any previous podcast, you guys can find on uh, on the iTunes podcast app. Uh, you can check out the blog www.prosportsextra.com. Follow us on uh, you know Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. So perfect. Yeah, guys, be sure to uh, Apple Podcasts and Blog Talk Radio subscribe on both of those. Don't miss another episode. Speaking of other episodes, don't miss the thirty minute timeout on Mondays or Wager Vision on Wednesdays also, for Tuesdays and Thursdays, 6.30 p.m. here on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you again, AJ, and we're out.